Uh, this morning, we are um, talking about, and we've been talking about the office or the pastor and the people. Amen. We've been talking about what? The pastor and the people. Amen. An important relationship. Amen. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I often re- I'm reminded of is that the pastor has a very important job. Amen. I told you before that there are many relationships that we have. Um, last week we, we looked at, um, we looked at Galatians. Amen. We, we talked about the fact that the pastor, uh, is a preacher. We were in Ephesians chapter four and we talked about the work of the pastor. Amen. That his job is to preach. Amen. For the church. Amen. He brings preaching so that preaching can nourish your soul. It is important that around the preaching time that you lock in on what I'm, I'm going to talk about that at 10 o'clock. You walk, you lock in on the teaching. Saints, the teaching is what changes lives. Amen. If you ever, you ever, you ever look around and, if, and for centuries, not just, just even at the first church. Amen. In Acts, in Acts chapter two and Acts chapter three, we find that the establishment of the church was there. And with the establishment of the church, we find that the people, the Bible says they were on one accord. They were breaking bread house to house. But it says, and they were fellowshipping, but the Bible says, and they were listening to the word of God. And the numbers were increasing, not just because they were fellowshipping, not just because they were on one accord, but they were learning the word of God. Now, just imagine this. These are former Jewish people, amen, who are living Amen. And they're living a life. Amen. They're living a life. Amen. With Jewish, with a Jewish mind, with a Jewish, uh, with a Jewish mindset, Jewish culture. And now the Savior has died and now all was buried. Amen. Crucified. Amen. Murdered, if you would. Amen. He's ascended to heaven and he says to them, the Holy Spirit comes down now. Now, now remember this, Jesus, if, if I just want to lay this to you, Jesus upholds the preaching ministry. Matter of fact, he is the word and he is the word that we preach. Are you with me today? So, so the pastor is the preacher and I want to show you a few things today. Amen. So he's given to the church, uh, and he's given the gift. To preach divine truth. This is why I I always say to my students in James chapter 3 verse 1 says, Let not many of you become teachers. Amen, my brethren, knowing that you will incur a stricter judgment. So here's what I want to say to you. You leave the preaching to the preacher. Amen. Amen. Not everyone is called to preach. 
And let me say this to you. You have to be very careful with how you handle divine truth. Because let me say this. Preaching is not just about standing behind the pulpit. As a matter of fact, my sermon starts the moment service is over. Amen. Because the message and the messenger must line up together. Are you with me? I want you to go open your Bibles real quick and I want to show you a few things. I want you to go to Ezra 710. Let me, let me talk about the pastor as a preacher. Amen. Let's talk about him as a preacher and what type of preacher he's supposed to be. Do I have a witness? Amen. What type of what? What type of preacher he is supposed to be? Amen. I just want to go to Ezra, Ezra, uh, Ezra 7 and 10. Now I want to show you, and, and this happens to be, this, this, this particular passage happens to be my life verse. Everybody needs a life verse. Amen. So if you go after second Chronicles, you'll find Ezra, uh, Ezra 710. Look what it says. Now let me, let me explain what was happening here. This is the part that I really love about, oh man, about the pastor as a preacher. Now here's how you know that preaching is so important to a church, right? See, today we have replaced preaching with entertainment. Amen. Today we've replaced preaching with positive speeches. But let me tell you what Ezra 710, let me give you the backdrop to Ezra, Ezra 710. The people of God had came back from Babylon. They had been in captivity for long, for 70 years. But they came back in, in waves. We had a first group came back, a second group came back. And, and they had went back, but they had went back without the preacher. The first wave. They were supposed to rebuild the wall. Matter of fact, some writers said that Nehemiah comes before Ezra. Amen. That's kind of what the thought is. Because of how Ezra, because the temple had not been rebuilt yet. But they had rebuilt the temple. Amen. The second wave. The pastor, preacher, prophet had to come back to get the people right. Nehemiah went back to get the people right. And if you look at the book of Nehemiah, you'll find that the first thing that Nehemiah did is that Nehemiah came back, amen, but what he did do is he surveyed the land at night. He went out at night, he surveyed the land, he made sure everything was good, and then after that, watch this now, he begins to teach the people. See, in every dispensation, that means rule of time, how God rules. You will always find that the beginning of something with God always begins with the teaching of his word. Saints, listen, if you want to change something in your life, you got to sit up under some good teaching. You need the pastor to be able to teach you, to equip you. Amen. For the work of service, as we said before. But watch the text. So they got back. Amen. And we find that uh, Ezra, he went up to Babylon, verse 6. And he was a scribe skilled in the law. See that? 
He was a scribe. He wasn't a prophet. He was a scribe. In other words, Ezra was, if you would, he was a master in the word. Amen. He was an expositor. He was a man who basically was given by God to transcribe the word of God. He was a scribe. The Bible says he was, not only was he a scribe, but he was a skilled scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all he requested. Watch what it says, because the hand of the Lord was upon him. Can I tell you something? The hand of the Lord is upon the scribe, the pastor. Come on and help me somebody. Amen. And you can tell when the hand of God is on the hand, is on the man of God. Amen. And, 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 and I want to say something to somebody here today. That's why the Bible also say, touch not my anointed one. Do my prophet no harm. But verse 7 says, some of the sons of Israel and some of the priests, watch this, and the Levites and the singers and the gatekeepers and the temple servants went up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of the king of Adexertes. Now listen to this. Listen to this. The people of God was coming back from captivity. Watch where I'm going with this. They're coming back from captivity. And the first thing that God does is that he establishes the word, worship, come on somebody, amen, and, 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 and prayer in the temple. I find that to be very interesting. That the temple was the centerpiece of the people's lives. Listen, the people of God understood that it wasn't the building, but it was what the building represented. See, how we live our lives, amen, is a direct mirror of what we learn. Come on, help me somebody. The text says in verse 8, it says, And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh, seventh year of the king. And on the first of the first month, he began to go up from Babylon, and on the first of the, of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem again because the good, because the what? The, the, because the good hand of his God was where? Upon him. And look what Ezra did. It says, and Ezra set his heart. Can I say this to you as a teacher, as a preacher, as a pastor, and as the preacher of the church? If my heart is not right. It is very difficult for me to serve you. Amen. And not only that, but it's hard to study. Amen. Amen. In spite of what some people may think of the pastor, the pastor's heart has to line up with God's heart. I wish I had somebody. This job is not an easy job, but this job can be done only if our hearts are fixed towards God. Amen. He says, Ezra set his heart. Now, what did he set his heart to do? He set his heart to study. 
See, here's the thing. You can't be a preacher or pastor if you don't spend time studying. I wish I had somebody. And, and can I say this to you? There are a lot of jokes. I mean, there's a lot of people out here. Amen. Who are standing up behind this pulpit. And, and they're calling themselves pastors. But they don't study one day a week. Much less three days a week. Much less two days a week. But the, the task of studying, saints. Can I say this to you? Study takes time. But not only does it take time, amen, but it takes training. It takes dedication. So don't think that when you hear a word from your pastor, that's why I'm saying the relationship is so important. Listen, sometimes people look at the glory, but they don't know the story. They look at the nice suit and the tie and, the, and, and, and they look at how the pastor's made up, but they don't realize how much goes into one sermon. So I needed you to know that so that you understand that this task is one that is not taken lightly by me. But the office of pastor is what we uphold. The text says, Ezra set his heart to study. Look what he says. Study the law of the Lord. And look what he says next. And he says, and to what? Practice it. Not only does he set his heart, not only does he study, but he has to live it if he gonna preach it. I wish I had somebody. And, and oftentimes I say to people all the time, listen, you can't you you can tell when the man of God is living what he's preaching. And, and it's not that. His life is absence of, absent of problems. As a matter of fact, when you see him in predicaments, come on, help me. You, you get to see whether or not he's. So a lot of people want to pass. A lot of people want to preach, but they don't want to practice. There's a lot of people who can call you up and tell you, people tell me all the time, oh yeah, pastor, uh, uh, this person called me and that person do this, and I've been breaking down the word and all this other stuff, and you know, I got students in the school, you know, and I say to them all the time, I said, until you practice it, until you practice it. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect, okay? But what I'm saying is, listen, and you as the people, we're talking about the pastor and the people, should observe. Come on. I, I, listen, some things are evident to us. We know that joker ain't living right. Is the fact that the man of God has a responsibility to study, mm, to practice, and then teach. It's a great responsibility. And it's one that should not be taken lightly. And saints, if you have a pastor who are, who's doing all those things, that's a good reason to support him. Are you with me? Unless you're looking for perfection and you'll never find it. Amen. Now, the text says that he is to practice it. Now, the pastor is a preacher. Amen. He's a preacher to the church. But, but listen, his job is to feed the sheep and evangelize the goats. 
I'm going to say it one more time. His, his job is to feed the sheep and to evangelize the goats. Even if the congregation does not want it, this is his job. This happens when the word is preached, so we must gear up our lives, watch this, not with gimmicks, not with cliches, but make sure that you can see the word of God working in your life. I thank God for my pastor. I thank God for Pastor Larry, Larry Jackson, Larry Jackson. I thank God for him. I thank God for Pastor Larry Randall. And I thank God for Pastor Lacey. These are all the men who have, men who have been in, integral in my development, in my life. But here's the thing. I understood one thing. I needed the word of God in order to grow. Amen. In my Christian life. And saints, there are a lot of people. Amen. There's a lot of members who get to a place where they come to church or they listen not to learn, but they are auditing their Christian life. I'm going to say it one more time. When you go to college, you have a choice. You have a choice either to audit the class mm -hmm, or you could take it for credit. A lot of people are auditing their Christian life, amen, because they don't want to do. They want to tell everybody about what they learn. I'm talking about the pastor and the, what? And the people. They want to tell everybody about what they know or how they break it down. But when you look at their practice, come on now, they have no practice. Go to Ezekiel for me. Amen. Go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 33. They become classroom auditors. Amen. They're taking the Christian life, not for credit, but they're auditing the Christian life. Look at verse 30 for me. Ezekiel chapter what? 33 and verse 30. Let's look and see what it says. Uh, it says, but as for you, son of man, uh, your fellow citizens who talk about you. Uh-oh. 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 Let me, let me read it one more time for you. <laughs> Now, God has tasked Ezekiel with a, with a tough task. Ezekiel had to deal with people who were really stubborn. Uh, people who, have, who had hardened their hearts. And actually, Ezekiel is a tough book to read. And Ezekiel is saying to them and God is speaking to him but watch this 
He says, but as for you, son of man, your fellow citizens who talk about you by the walls and in the doorways of their houses, so to speak to one another, each to his brother, saying, come now and hear what the message is which comes forth from the Lord. They come to you as a people come and sit before you as my people and hear your words. Hmm. But they do not do them. In other words, they show up like they for real. Listen, I hope when you come back to church, you, you, you're not a, you know, I see people make comments and stuff. Listen, I hope that you're going to take it. Amen. And you're going to apply it. See, you can listen to me all week long, all week long, all, all, every Sunday. But unless you apply it, what difference does it make? Makes no difference if you don't apply it. He says they would come and they sit in their house and they say, all right, let's go to church, y'all. Let's go hear what the preacher got to say today. In a nutshell, that's what he's saying. Look what he says. He says, but they do not do them for they do the lustful desires expressed by their mouth and their heart goes after their gain. Behold, you are to them like a sensual song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well an instrument for they hear your words. Now, now watch this. We talked about the pastor practicing, but let's talk about the people practicing now. They hear your words, but they tune you out. They come to church out of obligation, not because they want to change. They hear a word and it does not change. Listen, how long will you listen and not change? Now here's the thing. If your life is the same and you're not changing. Now this is not no easy message because just as it's convicting for you, it's convicting to me. Because here's the thing. Unless we practice it, amen, it does not work. It's like having a car. You got the keys, but you never drive it. You can walk outside and look at the car all you want. You can say, I got a new car. You can look around at it, walk around in circles around it. But until you get in and turn the key and then not just turn the key, but you got to, you got to put it in drive. Then you got to hit the gas. And oftentimes we are accumulators of information without application. We have gnosis and not epinosis. Amen. Epinosis is when you start walking it out in a simple term. He says, listen, you, you listen to the preacher. He said, boy, he sure sound good. Amen. It says his voice plays well on an instrument, right? It says, so he said, verse 33, he says, so when it comes to pass, as surely it will, then they will know that a prophet has been in their midst. In other words, when you miss the train, <laughs> amen, when, when, when the devil convinces you that ain't the right church for you, he ain't the right preacher for you, and you find yourself uh -huh, uh -huh, 
chasing after a sensual song from someone with a beautiful voice. And all you hear is good stuff. God has a wonderful plan for your life. You can live your best life now. Listen, you need a word that will change you, that will challenge you, and that will conform you and I to the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The goal of the Christian life is not to get glory for ourselves, but to give glory to him. The goal of the Christian life is not only to give glory to him, but the goal of the, of the Christian life, watch this, is also, watch this, to become like Jesus Christ. To conform to his image. What does that really mean? It means humility. It means submission. It means, come on somebody, it means integrity. It means uprightness. It means to walk in truth and not live a lie. A lot of people are happy with just talking about it. But they're not, watch this, they're not into living it. See, if you ever look at your life and ask yourself a question, how long have you been trying? But if you try through the word of God and apply it, man, the word came to me this morning as I woke up this morning. Jesus says, you can know, I know those who belong to me. Those who are my disciples. This is the word that came to me from the moment I woke up this morning. He said, those who are my disciples practice my word. They live it. That's how you know whether or not you are a true disciple. Because we can end up like this. We could be in our houses, talking about it's time to go to church, or time to get dressed, time to put on the live stream right now. That's where we are, right? Let's listen to them. But here's what I want you to do more than anything else as your pastor. I want you to practice. Because just like I'm trying to practice, then you ought to try to practice. Not try practice you know one thing about practicing one thing about working out it's a mindset seriously like like you can literally get up ready to go you could put the clothes on you get you get gym shoes on you get all ready and then look you just go say you know what let me go get a drink of water let me just sit down for a minute and that and then you go from like a minute and then, and then the sun come out. Then you say, you know what? Let me get a cup of coffee. And then all of a sudden, you done talked yourself out of. Because in your mind, in our minds, we make it harder than what it really is. But you have to think about the benefits. Am I just a Christian, hmm, by position? Or am I a Christian? By practice. Do I have anybody? Let, let me show you one other thing real quick. Let's, let's go to, let me show you, let me show you something about the pastor's position. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. So not only is the pastor the preacher of the church, but secondly, 
the pastor is to evangelize. Second thing, he is to evangelize the lost. Amen. Or he is to evangelize the goat. The lost and the goat. Amen. Those are the ones who go strain, you know. Uh, yeah, the goat. Amen. And so he says in Ezekiel chapter 34, Ezekiel chapter 34 now talks about God now speaks to the people and God is now talking to the people about how the shepherds. Now, listen, the shepherds had went astray too. See, Ezekiel 34 says, and, and, and but I want to show you something. I want to show you something. He says here in Ezekiel 34, we'll look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. See, what happened, what happened at this time, saints? The people had lost their way. See? And, and, and listen, that's why it's so important for you to pray for your pastor. That's why it's so important for you to pray for your pastor. You know what I mean? Don't, don't wish him to fall. You know what I mean? Don't wish him. I'm not saying, I'm just, I'm just saying. Some people just, I, I don't know what's wrong with him, but here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I, you gotta pray for him. Because look what had happened at this time. Verse 34 it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord, God, woe, shepherds of Israel. Watch this. You have been feeding who have been feeding themselves. Now, there are some bad apples out here. Right? But the, but but God, let, let, remember I said earlier, if your pastor is wrong as two left shoes, don't you correct him. You pray for him. And then God will, watch this, God will put him back in line. He says, you've been feeding yourself. And there's a lot of wolves out here feeding themselves. It says, should you not, should not the shepherd feed the flock? Now, I want you to write that down. The shepherd, now what I see in this is what they were not doing and what a shepherd should be doing. He should feed the sheep. The next verse says in verse three, he says, you eat the fat and clothe yourself with wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are right here, watch this. Those who are sickly, you have not strengthened. So, right there, you see that? So the one of the duties of the pastor is that he is to strengthen those who are sick. Come on, somebody. And I'm not just talking about sick physically. I'm talking about sick spiritually. He is to do what? Strengthen what? The sickly. Watch this. The diseased you have not healed. The pastor's job is to what? Heal. Watch this. The Heal the what? The broken you have not bound up. He is to what? Bound up the broken. Heal. Come on somebody. The disease. Strengthen the sickly. Watch this. The scattered. This is what I'm saying. He's to evangelize the lost. Watch this. Watch this. The scattered you have not what? Brought back. So there are some sheep out here. And some goats. Amen. That the pastor. So when you get a call from me. Not all the time. Not, that that means you're a strange sheep. But what I'm saying is. 
it, it doesn't mean that you're a strange sheep. But my point is this. Sometimes I'm calling people. Amen. They won't answer the phone. They've been avoiding me for a long time. Because as a shepherd, the job of the shepherd, come on somebody, is to find those. That's a good pastor, y'all. That's a good pastor who will show up at your doorstep. I don't know what kind of pastoring they're doing today. You find what I'm saying? But he will show up there, watch this, not to just get something from you. Uh, but to watch this, but to bring you back. But to bring healing. But to, to bound you up. To put a little ointment on you. That's what the Bible talks about. Watch this. The job of the pastor is important, saints. Watch this. Watch this. And then, nor have you sought for the what? For the lost. But with force and with severity, you have dominated them. In other words, there are some shepherds, and there were some shepherds here, who were taking advantage of the sheep. That's what it means here. Watch this. They, watch this. Verse 5, it says, they were scattered. They were scattered. Watch this. The people scattered. Watch this. For lack of a what? Man, listen. If your pastor is not protecting you, you will become food for every beast of the field. And especially for Satan. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for the relationship that we have with you.